I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and we are back again this week to talk about one Blake Snell. Last week, I had Brian Menendez on, and we talked about uh, Blake Snell winning the MLB Players League, the MLB The Show Tournament. And Brian mentioned how not only was he becoming the face of the race, he was becoming one of the faces of baseball. Now, just a few days later, that couldn't be more true. This wasn't intended to be a two-part podcast, but it seems we recorded the last episode a few days too early. As Blake Snell made national headlines last week, when on Twitch, he raised his voice and shared his opinion on baseball coming back in 2020. I don't know if I've ever seen a Rays player be the lead story on all of ESPN's programming for about a 24-hour span, but that was the case with Blake Snell last week. I'm going to go ahead and play his audio right now so you can listen for yourself. No, I'm not splitting no revenue. I want all mine. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making shit. And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. And and, what, and if I get the Rona, on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be, like, the damage that was done to my body, that's going to be there forever. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So... Y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay, like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I got to, no, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher and the amount of money I make is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. So in my head, I'm preparing for next season. And I'm preparing, well, I'm actually preparing for right now. But as if I'm preparing for next season. Like, it's it's super weird, man. More Twitch streams for us, that's facts. But guys, I'm just saying, man, it just doesn't make sense for me to lose all of that money and then go play and then be on lockdown, not around my family, not around the people I love, and get paid way to hell less, and then the risk of injury runs every time I step on the field. So it's it's just it's not worth it. It's not. I love baseball to death. It's just not worth it. And then uh, the next day, Kevin Cash released a statement saying, I guess we all have a right to say what we want to say and believe and feel what we want to believe. 
but I can assure you that stance of the prioritization of health and safety among everybody affiliated with baseball and certainly our fans and our communities and all of the first responders that have been out there working currently through this rough time, we support and continue to support. So a very uh, you know, blanket statement from the Rays manager. I wouldn't expect anything more or anything less. Um, kind of just the Rays had to put out some sort of statement after the comments Snell made on his Twitch channel. But joining me on today's show to talk about this issue and to raise his voice on it is Danny Russell. Danny, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Brett. And so, Danny, uh, I'm sure you saw it too in the local media, in the national media, probably even some international outlets covering this story. Uh, with, with baseball coming back, there's a lot of turmoil. There's negotiations going on right now between the league, the Players Association, the owners, trying to find a safe and profitable way to bring baseball back in 2020, which as of right now isn't a guarantee. We all want to see it come back at some point, but when, where, and how is very much up in the air. But after hearing about Snell's comments or watching the video, uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, my immediate thought was good for him. And it sounds like a lot of the players such as uh, Trevor Bauer or Bryce Harper are saying the exact same thing. Somebody needs to be speaking their mind and leading uh, the voice from the player's side. And it's not been the MLB Players Association, uh, which is the union that represents the players. They've been fairly quiet when it comes to these negotiations that are happening between the owners and the players as they negotiate things like health and safety or the finances that are going back and forth. So my immediate reaction was like, thank God. I'm so glad that the players are speaking up and speaking up for their own rights, both as entertainers, but also as employees of an organization. I think it's important that their voice be heard. And do you think that, you know, I agreed with most of, of Snell's points. Obviously there are health risks involved. There are financial risks involved. Blake Snell, you know, he, he sold his left arm for $50 million last, last spring. And he knows how much it's worth. And he knows at the end of this contract, it could be worth even more than that. And so when, when planning out how to come back and return to baseball safely, uh, you, you know, he, he knows how much he's worth. He's selling a product just like everyone else, just like Major League Baseball is. So I agreed with everything that he said. But do you think in, in some ways, Snell, the, the way it came across could be I don't want to say offensive, but maybe insensitive during everything with everything that's going on. It's definitely going to be insensitive if your livelihood depends on the players playing. So what I mean by that is if you're an employee of the organization or one of the ancillary organizations, that can be uh, people working in the stadium on game day operations. That could be people working for Fox Sports. That could be people working in the front office. If you have been laid off or furloughed or not, uh, you are hoping and praying that these players take the field and that this entertainment industry comes back in full force, at least in the short season version for sure, but at least comes back so that you also have a paycheck. So to hear one of the stars of the game, to hear one of the best players in the game say, I'm just not going to even take the field if this doesn't get worked out and I'm just going to look out for myself. It does sound selfish, but the flip side of that is you need to know yourself and know your worth. And Blake Snell clearly uh, within that uh, two-minute diatribe has laid out what he thinks he is worth and what he thinks is fair for coming back for a short season. And honestly, I think that's laudable. I think it's incredible that you could look at your career as a whole 
I mean, think of yourself personally in whatever uh, you, the listener, might have for your own career. Can you say, I know exactly what my worth is and what dollar amount I'm willing to do certain things for? That's a very difficult ask. And so even though, um, I mean, well, he's very articulate. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely sad when you're saying bro and like, <laughs> and when you're coming across, like it, it, there's another, um, there's a sense of like the way he's coming across, the way he's phrasing his statements might not be well perceived because it does seem kind of flippant. Um, when we talk about on Twitch, that's his platform to be authentic yes. and be who he is. And mm -hmm. for so long, you know, it's been, and I still, I don't want to call this what happened a negative, but for so long, it's been a positive for him. You know, you look at the social interaction he had, the social engagement that the Rays and Major League Baseball and Snell himself got from the Players League, where he's on camera in, a, in, a, in his own comfort zone. That's off. That's not the pitcher's mound and uh, how much he used that to promote his brand. And I'm not calling this, you know, this, what he said last week a negative, but it's definitely created some negative headlines. Uh, and, and it's something right. that I'm sure the Rays There's and the going to be. Him people who disagree with the statement and therefore there's going to be negativity. I can't say that I disagree with him because I'm not in his position. Um, I've heard from some people that have said, well, uh, when I signed up to defend my country, uh, I went into far more dangerous environments like Afghanistan, but Blake Snell's an entertainer. He hasn't laid his life on the line for his country, you know, and I applaud the service of our, our military and yeah. uh, even my own family members that have done that. But this is, this is baseball, this is fun, this is a child's game, and it's people making millions of dollars doing it, and they know their bottom line and what they're willing to put up with. Um, you know, I'm thinking back on what you shared Kevin Cash saying, and I do think it was an appropriate response from him to say, okay, first and foremost, we are prioritizing our player's safety. And that is the voice that's coming out of the Rays uh, front office or, or management, however you want to look at that. I think Kevin Cash being the person to respond is appropriate when it's a player speaking. Like if uh, Eric Neander came out of his uh, cave that he's been hiding in preparing for the draft and was like, <laughs> I have a comment on Blake Snell, it would have been a little weird. Um, not, not uncalled for, but you know, I think Kevin Cash was the right person to convey player safety is the number one priority for the Rays organization. And so when Blake is focused on uh, if I get the Rona, or uh, <laughs> on, on top of that, I get the run, I think is what he said. Um, and that stays in your body forever. Like, that's a fair point. Like, yeah, to say uh, a professional athlete who depends on their lungs, right? Uh, you've seen how heavy pitchers breathe when they're on the mound, uh, particularly in high leverage situations. Like, that could have long-term consequences. Um, so he's priced out his risk, and that's good. Um, it's tough. It's so tough though. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and we heard Snell talk about it a little bit in, in the clip we played earlier, but to, to give the listeners a little bit more context about what's going on uh, between the negotiations between the uh, league and the owners and the players association. Can you talk a little bit on that, Danny? Well, this is where uh, his statement is super helpful just from a trying to understand the negotiations situation. So back in uh, the February, March timeframe, MLB's owners are on one side of the table and the players are on the opposite side. And they lined out an agreement to say, uh, when games come back, it's 50% of the season. Therefore, you're going to get 50% of your guaranteed contract. So for Blake Snell, who was going to make $7 million in 2020, 
he looks at that situation and says, okay, I make $3.5 million instead. Uh, and then it gets taxed, sure. That was the agreement that was laid out. The players seemed on board with it. It seemed a logical uh, result of 82 games means I get 82 games of pay. But there was a clause. There was a little uh, <laughs> thing inserted toward the end where uh, the owner said, if there's no fans in the stands, we get an opportunity to come back to the negotiating table. And I don't know, it seems like it's upset a lot of players. And the owners have come back and said, look, if we have no, uh, no, no butts in the blue seats, then there's going to be some kind of uh, decrease or we're going to expect less. We don't know what's being said. We're not in the room. But that seems to be that the owners want to pay their players even less on their guaranteed contracts than was previously agreed to. Uh, what Blake Snell brings to that argument is when he said uh, – I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut on the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25% on top of that, it's getting taxed. And then you say, wait a second, pause, rewind, 33% cut. So it sounds like the owners have come to the table and said, uh, of your 50%, we want to take another third off of that. And then uh, it gets taxed again. So that's a pretty big reduction if you are someone making millions of dollars. That's a pretty big reduction if you're someone making $550,000 yeah. as the rookies are. Um, it's uh, it's got to be concerning just as uh, an employee. If my employer came to me and, and asked me to take that kind of pay cut down to 25% of my salary, uh, I know the standards of living are different, but I don't know if I could come up with that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with with the negotiations that are going on, what impact do you foresee them having? And you know, when we get to the CBA negotiations in twenty twenty one. Well, here's what's interesting: is it looks like the owners are starting to drive the conversation toward revenue sharing. And what I mean by that is in NFL, NBA, uh, there are revenue streams that every team has, and some of them are included in these formulas that the players and, and team owners get to use, and some of them are not. An example of that might be real estate. Uh, the Chicago Cubs have uh, a huge network of property around the stadium that they own and operate. In this situation, they would probably say that is not player revenue. It's just real estate that the organization happens to own. But over here, um, the the ticket sales and the concessions would be considered revenue. And then you start saying, okay, a percentage of player driven revenue can be divided between the owners and players. Okay. Was that clear? <laughs> it kind of went in a circle. Yes. For no, for in, in, and this is all, you know, the CBA is a ways away, not, you know, not in, right. in relative, we're trying to get baseball back in 2020. We have no idea what it's going to look like come 2021 when these things start to be negotiated. But if baseball comes back and say the proposal put forth, you know, this past week by the owners, I don't think that's the way it's going to end up. But say, that, you know, the Players Association agrees to it. Do you think there's actually a chance that Blake Snell would sit out the 2020 season? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, a chance, a non-zero chance. I mean, the man's words himself were, uh, I'm not here to take a pay cut on top of the pay cut that we already agreed to. Um, so, ah. Uh, he might say it's not worth $1 million in the grand scheme of his other 40 something million dollars. He's guaranteed uh, outside of the 2020 season to, to, to show up and play. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't sound implausible. It does seem unlikely. I think if MLB finds a way for uh, their $10 billion industry to come back and uh, entertain Americans again, it's hard to believe that Blake Snow would sit it out. Um, particularly when you have the camaraderie with your teammates and it's a, it's a playoff roster. It's, you know, it's not the star of the Marlins tapping out. <laughs> it's <laughs> Who is a that young winner. Is that Corey Dickerson still? Is he still down there? Uh, yeah, let's go with Corey Dickerson. That sounds right. <laughs> but well, you know, with Snell being really the first to come out on that big of a public forum and, and voice his opinion, Bryce Harper, you know, came out, he was on Twitch, I think as well playing he another was. video game and agreed with Snell and said that pretty much he nailed everything on the head. Now Harper, you know, might be the biggest, one of the biggest names in all of baseball. He might be the biggest name in all of baseball. So sorry, if Snell and Harper go out. Yeah. Sorry, Mike Trout. <laughs> uh, if Snell and Harper are willing to go out on Twitch and, and make these statements, I I'm expecting many more players to, to agree or maybe disagree with, with what th- these guys are saying. So do you think there's a chance that the players voicing their opinion outside of discussions they're having within the Players Association, do you think that hurts Major League Baseball's chances of, of starting this summer? Uh, well, I mean, does it, does it hurt the owner's negotiating position? Yes. The more that the players begin to speak out and, and share their piece, for sure, I think it hurts the owner's ability to dictate how this is going to go. Um, the owners came out in front of this and said uh, they all came together, came up with a plan and submitted to the players union. And that's the headlines you get for three days. Right. Um, So from a spin perspective, without choosing a side, it's clear that the owners have been driving things and the players union has not. And I kind of touched on that at the beginning of this conversation. So I think it's to the benefit of the players to be speaking up. Um, Trevor Bauer, who is a very vocal player, not my favorite (laughs) player, um, I disagree with what he has to say a lot of the times, or maybe the way he says it uh, rubs me the wrong way. But I did think that he had a very strong point uh, when he said, imagine you're a painter and a client who is renovating apartments says he will pay you $100,000. He kind of reframed it into a more normal dollar amount, $100,000 contract uh, for a year of painting services and you agree you sign the contract and you expect that you will be paid a hundred thousand dollars and then the client has a devastating fire and loses half of their apartment buildings uh immediately the reaction is uh not your fault not the client's fault either so you mutually agree to um there's only half of the buildings left will you accept fifty thousand dollars uh as a, as a show of good faith. And this is straight from Trevor Bauer's Twitter account. He kind of spelled out this scenario, this analogy. Um, you, you sign a new contract even. Uh, you've ad- amended what you normally would do. 
the client realizes then that they won't be able to uh, rent as many of the apartments as they originally thought, AKA uh, sell tickets. <laughs> so they propose instead of paying you 50,000, they'll just pay you half of the rental income. And this gets back to the revenue sharing, right? This idea that there are player driven pieces of revenue and there's non-player driven pieces. So you have no idea how much rental income is because uh, there's no disclosure from your client. They won't tell you, they won't show you their books. They won't show you their uh, honest projections of what uh, the money they expect to come in. So the question then becomes, is it your fault as the painter in this analogy that the client cannot rent his property? Uh, you've done the same quality of work, you've prepared, you've got your materials, you're ready to go. Uh, and all of a sudden they can't pay you. In this situation, uh, the, the fire is the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So which is it a more fair scenario? Do you say, I have no idea what revenue will be, but I will take my percentage share. Or do you say, no, we previously agreed you would pay me 50 grand for your 50%. Uh, and let's just move forward. Yeah. So it's all down to negotiations, but it, it and I think it will with what Bauer said, I think there is, a, a, a slight issue with that analogy and the fact that we're dealing with billionaire owners that, you know, I, I haven't seen their books, but I can only assume that they could afford to take a bigger cut than some of the players and the mm -hmm. players are their product. That is the product they put out on the field. And that is, even if there's non-player revenue without the players, there is no major league baseball. So it, it's interesting. It's one that I, I kind of have a hard time seeing how anyone could be team owners in this situation. We all want to see baseball come back. I don't know the best way to do that, to make it come back. Obviously I, I don't have those answers. If not, maybe I'd be in those negotiations, <laughs> um, but, but overall, Danny, I think uh, you did a great job kind of giving the listeners a, a really good understanding of, of what's going on in this situation. We got to hear from Blake Snell. We got to hear, you know, you raise your own voice about this. Um, but, you know, any final thoughts on the issue? Well, yeah, I think you phrased it well by saying uh, it comes back to the owners. And the thing that's unique in this situation, and even thinking about Bauer's analogy, which is missing other pieces, like yeah. if the owner has insurance, you know, actually a lot of these teams probably do have insurance on lost revenue. So that's worth considering. Um, but ultimately the people who are losing their jobs and not getting paid is everyone around the industry. And it's not really the owners because there's no owner with exception of maybe one or two teams, like maybe the, the Yankees owners consider the Yankees their top revenue stream, but the billionaires who invest into major league franchises are not looking to that major league franchise for their source of income. Mm -hmm. And I did a recent radio interview when I compared it to a garden and it's really uh, in a moment of austerity during a pandemic, how much do you want to tend to your garden? Are you just going to let the weeds run wild? Are you going to let the rabbits come through and eat everything? Or are you going to continue to cultivate and grow or maybe even work harder to make sure that your uh, garden is thriving, even though maybe uh, your finances are tighter? Uh, this is a hobby for the vast majority of owner level investors in major league franchises. And it's, it's just such a shame to see the negotiations get played out when there's nothing else going on. 
I would yeah. love it if this was a closed door situation where you heard nothing from either side, let people work it out, come back and let me know when baseball's here. But we have to live the highs and lows of these negotiations. <laughs> and uh, right now it certainly seems like a low. It sure does. And maybe, yeah, maybe after this, maybe I'll take a nap and hopefully when I wake up, baseball will be back. So we'll see. But that is, uh, that is about all we got today on Raise Your Voice. Danny wrote a piece on DRaceBay.com talking a little bit more about the situation and talking about what Snell's said. So you can check that out there. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll be getting episodes of Raise Your Voice as well as The Hit Show. And uh, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. Thank you.